0: Welcome to the Encounters Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Dopp, and on each episode, you will hear powerful stories of one-on-one evangelization. Brought to you as a collaboration between Mission of the Redeemer Ministries and Genesis Mission, the Encounters Podcast will encourage you in the Catholic faith, inspire you as a missionary disciple, and equip you to share the good news of Jesus Christ with the world. Welcome, everybody, to our next edition of the Encounters podcast. We've had a wonderful launch of the podcast, and we're just really, really pleased with how many people we've been able to reach and the feedback that we've been getting. It's been a real gift for us because we've been able to see it as a blessing for so many other people that are able to grow and be challenged and be encouraged by the encounters that we've been able to share. But I want to thank you, our listener, for taking time to listen to these, to chew on them, and to integrate them into your life, into your work as a missionary disciple. We're back today with Father John. How are you today, Father?
1: I'm doing fine, thank you. Yeah, beautiful sunny day.
0: All right, and you were just telling me before we started that you're preparing a a gentleman for baptism.
1: His health isn't too good, so we're gonna do a shortened version of um, RCA with him, one-to-one.
0: Great, well, thanks be to God that Grace has been at work in his life. I'd like to dig right into it, Father, and let you share with us a testimony of an encounter that
1: you've had recently. It was a, an encounter which, in which I learned a lot. Doing a little bit of street contact outside of church, and this young woman with a few friends, uh, I got talking to them as a group. Then I could see that as she was walking towards me at first, that she was walking kind of awkwardly, as if she's in a bit of pain. So talking and, and general conversation, et cetera. And then I just said, it looks like you're in pain. And and she said, yeah, I am. Um, it seems like she had a bad back and, and a little bit of bruising on her, et cetera. I said, have you been in a car crash? She said, no, it's, uh, it's domestic abuse. I've been suffering domestic abuse. And obviously it's only very recently. And so she's still literally physically recovering from that. And immediately then they kind of laid it open for, for quite a, a deep conversation. It's interesting because sometimes you have to tease out issues with people. But this one presented itself pretty obviously, pretty clearly from within a minute or two. I just started talking to her then, you know, one-to-one about how did, you know, how did that situation end? How is she coping with this? You know, what help is she getting? And I took it down a fairly kind of human way in in terms of you're out of a situation now you you're in a safe place thank god for that what have you learned and it's interesting because quite often as we we know with these situations they are so common in life she'd been in an abusive abusive relationship it just ended and ended badly but when i got talking and she'd also been in previous abusive relationships and there tends to be a a follow-on pattern there you know so i tried to open up with her that whole thing of Have you gained wisdom, you know, your choice of who you spend your time with now? And just trying to gently kind of in a fatherly way, talk this one out with her. In a sense, she had learned things, but obviously that will only be put to the test in in due course. Because it's fascinating, isn't it, how how with relationships, people hate being on their own, uh, sometimes at at a great cost to themselves. So I was literally trying to be like a father to her in terms of talking this through, you know, and I got fed, you know, a little bit of sharing on that. And also as well, I'm very aware that with domestic abuse, quite often the repeat pattern is because of how they see themselves, their own self-esteem, that how they view themselves, et cetera. I could try to go a little bit into that area as well, uh, and say, you know. I believe you know you you you've made God has made you out of love you know you're a human being with dignity and, and, and status etc uh, and and you have to see yourself in that way and get other people to respect you and see yourself in that way like i say we talked for a good 20 minutes or so about this and cuz i was outside the church i said would you like to come into the church and have a little prayer together and she was quite open to that which is often the way when we got into the church again you're walking out of a street into a, a lovely cool atmosphere on a hot day as this was and it, it immediately has quite often an effect on people the silence the coolness this this big building which speaks to something so different to what they've just walked out of you know in terms of you know street life and, and the hustle and bustle of, of of the city and, and whatever you know like you see it's having a little bit of an effect on her. so we i just slow things down and, and showed her there's a beautiful crucifix in in the church as there always is in churches and shrine to our lady etc and i could see that was having a nice kind of calming effect on her but also a little bit an emotional effect we got talking again and then when i wanted to enter into a bit of prayer with her this is when i really something else kind of came to the fore and she started telling me about how her dad had been so key in her life Uh, He'd been the mainstay in the in the family. He'd put the bread on the table and and really worked at holding the family together. And she loved her father dearly. But then, a few years ago, her father got ill. He wasn't particularly old. He got ill and he had this rapid deterioration and died in in his mid fifties. And she said, when that happened, she said, "I used to be able to pray. I used to have a, a sense of faith." She said, and when that was taken away from me with everything else going on in my life. And she actually used an expletive on this and said, okay, God, you know, off you go. <laughs> I'm not interested anymore. I was able then to, to enter into that with her, talk her, talk about this and, and end up praying about this. And this was a very, ended up being a very powerful time of prayer, a lot of tears for her, et cetera. And at the end of it, she said, that's the first time I've prayed since I said that. You know, and, and it taught me this thing of this, this soul listening is giving people space that quite often what presents as an issue, a very obvious issue, the deeper issues in someone can be something very different. And obviously, it was, it was this anger with God that her, her dad had died and, and she wanted him. She, she needed him in her life. She he was an anchor in her life. Uh, and she kind of was able to let that anger go to a certain extent and I was able to pray with her, and I say, the tears were flowing by now, uh, and she, she kind of joined me in prayer as well. She, she kind of rediscovered this presence of God and, and being able to pray. So that was, let say, a great learning for me of, of what seemed to be an obvious issue, and it was an issue, but the real thing affecting her uh, and affecting her faith and her, her sense of who God is was this deeper issue about her dad. And uh, so we, we often talk of this thing of soul listening with people, you know, reading behind the words, et cetera. It was then, like I say, a good 20, 25 minutes of prayer. We use the phrase healing prayer then, you know, and it, it was a, an, a healing uh, a time for her. Then we, we, we parted after the lighting a few candles, et cetera, with the church and uh, just doing a few other simple things to uh, bring to completion, really, that this, this time we had together.
0: Father, when you were listening to her, what was the Indication to you that there was something deeper, there was something more.
1: This was my learning point because at first I didn't pick up something too much deeper. It was a little bit when we went into the church that noticing the expression on her face, face etc., the emotion was starting to happen then, and I wasn't able to quite read it. I just thought maybe it's just because she's in the atmosphere of a church and it's she hasn't been there for some time or, or, or whatever. Uh, and so it wasn't until she revealed that second big issue with her that, that I say that that's why it was a learning curve for me to not almost latch on to the first thing that someone says even though it seemed massively obvious that was the issue that's always given me that sense of okay keep giving space to this person keep the questions coming dig deep uh and dig around the subject or or what they're presenting you know, and and some, say something else can be can be going on, which is is what God wants you to deal with at that particular moment.
0: Well, and the remarkable thing is that the first thing that she presented was also something very big and important and real in her life—the fact of domestic abuse. it sounds like the conversation got really serious really
1: quickly. It did, yeah. Because I mean, I could see she was in pain. She was she the way she was holding herself, etc. Yeah, she couldn't disguise that and, and, and didn't want to. Well, like I say, she didn't say, oh, it's from domestic abuse. But that was my, my next question uh, when I said, you know, you're in pain. How, how did you get that, etc." Then she's quite freely talking about things and wanting to talk. And it's interesting as well, because in one sense, I suppose I was taking it down the, the human wisdom thing of, in terms of what have you learned. And so taking it down that human roots, but the Holy Spirit wanted something different you know, we're always invoking the Holy Spirit in a conversation, et cetera. When when you go when we went into a church, then the Holy Spirit's agenda came through, despite my not maybe picking up on, on anything different at first.
0: But also with the soul listening, I think one of the, the lessons I'm learning in this is that it's not just listening with our ears, but it's listening sort of in a 360 way, meaning with our eyes as well, that we're trying to get all the information that we can. So that happened twice in this encounter. The first was that you noticed that she was limping and that she was in some physical discomfort. And then the second was in the church itself when you started to notice a bit of an emotional reaction to being in the church. And you were able to pick up on those and open those up in the conversation.
1: This is that thing of staying calm in the situation as well, trying to be clear. You're not, like I say, not jumping in on one particular point like I say, it was quite a threshold for me to pass through in terms of this this deeper listening. And and it's interesting, isn't it? This, this whole thing of people's relationship with 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 God, uh, with Jesus, that sometimes it, it's it hinges on, on one particular incident or point in their life. And I mean the lovely thing was with with the prayer, I was able to this is why I love you the image of the crucifix, because all that mess in her life and that sorrow, that grief, that anger, you know, and and you can just say, you know, look at Jesus on the cross. He he hasn't abandoned you. He didn't take your dad away because he doesn't care. He wouldn't have been on that cross if he didn't care. And it's interesting because, like I say, she stopped praying for some time, but she did have a background in the faith, and you could see that this was connecting with her. She kind of knew it, and she kind of angry maybe on all levels that she'd even maybe given up on it but she just it was all just too much for her and there's a quite a quite a quick movement back into a prayerful time and and, i mean she prayed with me you know i i said is there anything you want to say or anything you want to express and she's able to pray with me after 10 minutes or so uh and so really was it a healing time of prayer the holy spirit knows what he wants to do we always say with with this work you know That little phrase we use, Lord, bring me someone I can share with today, and and that sense of the Lord will, if you have a good encounter, the Lord is preparing that person beforehand. It's not just all about us and our attitude and our prayerfulness. You know, the Lord's preparing that person, and therefore the Holy Spirit knew what He wanted to do with with her. You know, again that that thing, the power of of the cross, the power of of the crucifix says so much of who Jesus is for us, who God is for us. And time and time again, I come across this where some point in someone's life, which can be a point where you either go deeper into your faith because you have to, or you, or you, you step away from it. And, and this thing of gently as well, because what I did in that prayer time was gently try to expand her, her ideas of God. You know, God does not change. You know, God is the same loving God at all moments for all people. But our perception of him or what we expect of him, how we, how we perceive him can can be very limiting and if it, therefore if suddenly an, an event in life doesn't fit this okay God must be wrong or God doesn't care or God doesn't exist and again that's, that's quite quite a powerful place you, you have to enter into to, to gently help them expand on that and say you know you, you were thinking this way you have, maybe have to see it this way to a certain extent there's nothing it's not to do with with head stuff this is so subtle you mustn't go into kind of a theological kind of treatise on on who god is it doesn't work like that you're going to let them speak get a feel the moment especially in, in the prayerfulness and, and let the holy spirit gently direct that conversation to what what they need to hear and again it's, it's it's one of those things where you just you just know the holy spirit is working almost despite sometimes my own limitations
0: and did she leave with any sort of resolution? Meaning,
1: I'm going to go pray or I, I'd like to reconnect more with God or reconnect with my church. She, was, she wasn't connected with the church as such. and But no, she definitely gave the indication that she's going to kind of start that her prayer life again. You know, It's fascinating how she kind of moved on quite quickly in a sense of she re-engaged and, and almost felt the comfort of re-engaging. And so, yeah, definitely in terms of her prayer life, I think, was she would be far more open to that and kind of express that as well.
0: She had a real opportunity to encounter God's mercy and God's love and God's presence again in her life by being in the church and how that can undo so much compared to just apologetics. In other words, she needed to encounter Christ. She didn't just need to have somebody kind of rationally and dryly explain to her, theological truths that could come back but rather that she could just be in his presence again i just wonder you know with so many of our so many of our churches like literally we just need to have them opened the people it's not uncommon that people just go into a church and because god is there because christ is present in the eucharist because this is the dwelling place of god here on earth that's where they that's where they experience him that's where he can be encountered and you know, Pope Francis talked about, you know, leaving our church doors open. And now we're so worried about security and homeless people coming in and this and that. In downtown, we could never, you know, our churches are locked unless there's mass happening. And it's like, well, you know, there's a risk to leaving them open. But there's a bigger risk to not leaving them open. There's a risk to leaving them locked up. Obviously, she came in because you invited her in. But it's just reminding me of the importance of making God's house accessible for all because that's because so much healing can happen in there
1: the two points to make there first of all on the apologetics is fascinating how part of our, our, our genesis method we talk of a stage where you can have a little bit of kerygma, um and a little bit of catechesis but it's always on such a simple level very simple level and it's it's coming and it like i say we, we almost purposely avoid a head conversation an intellectual conversation this is where it feeds into the heart where the where the, the objective truths of our faith are, are connected with with the heart and what they said and the relevance of the and the context of what they've been speaking so it's hardly ever kind of hardcore apologetics and doesn't have to be and, and shouldn't be uh because these people you know would, would have Possibly very straightforward, simple backgrounds and a nominal understanding of Jesus, and you have to feed them, you know, bite-sized pieces that they can absorb and maybe take with them. Yeah, the apologetics, like I say, doesn't come into it. You're giving them truths, you're giving them teachings, but just one or two, you know. And like I say, the just that whole thing of who Jesus is on a on crucifix and, and you know what it says to us of of a God who, who cares. He's, he's not aloof from our suffering. He enters into it. And he's there with you in that suffering, even when you feel he's denied you or not abandoned you or whatever. This thing then of the heart and, and, and connecting with that, there's still an objectivity with it, but it's like combining the two things together. And this issue as well of open churches, it's, it's interesting because you say that because I've been ordained over 30 years now, but I was given my first parish to be in charge of after five years' ordination. And I always had in the policy, open church. It's my church. I'm in charge now. Open church. My second parish I was in charge in, in the middle of a, a town with a big drug culture. The local ministers said, you, you must be mad at keeping your church open. You, you'll, you'll lose a lot. Uh, I think I, won, I lost one small little collection box with about two pounds in uh once (laughs) in in the five years i was there you know yeah and uh i jokingly used to kind of well seriously and jokingly you know with a smile look up to heaven say a prayer to saint michael say you're in charge now okay i want my church open and you know this moment where i am you know i open my church seven o'clock in the morning seven o'clock in the evening in winter it'll be closed in the summer it's often open to nine o'clock this accessibility to church i think is that's the work of the spirit we don't even see with people dropping in you know uh and on this on my church here i i, I change the doors to glass doors so people can see in if no no one's ever been in the church before you you, you want to know what what it looks like what who's behind the doors etc so you've got glass doors it's, it's totally obvious pope francis has asked for it and it's it's fascinating post-covid churches are shut up even more you know and yet the mental health issues that have arisen out of post COVID, like, what are we doing? You know, oh, we, we, we're so unrisky as a church. You know, I, I, I do, a, <laughs> don't start me on this, one, I have a passion about this. It, it's so simple. You know, we, we'll have parish discussions of welcoming churches, and yet the doors are shut. You know, it's just, it's nonsense. Uh, and we need to get brave on that and uh, not worry about the insurance policies too much.
0: You're absolutely right on that, Father. I couldn't have said it better. Listen, this has been a a great little encounter, a short encounter, but a powerful one for that lady and a lot of learning in it for you and and for us. So I'm grateful you would share it. Thank you very much, Father.
1: Thank you, Michael. Love you talking to you again. God bless. It is great having you with us for the
0: Encounters podcast. If you haven't already, please subscribe for free through Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast service you use. This one sure you get every episode right to your device. We also would love for you to join our free Mission Made Possible sessions, which will prepare you for one-on-one evangelization. Contact us through the website linked in the show notes. We can't wait to have you join us.